plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, good afternoon, Power Partners. Welcome to our informational playground. You are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And as always, we are brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be The Star You Are charity. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and I am excited to share this power hour with you and hopefully give you some tools to help you uh, live a happier and more successful life. What's coming up in our show for today? In a segment one, we might be talking about maybe a gap year for adults. If you are feeling burned out at work or at home or you're feeling exhausted or hopeless, depressed, it might be time for a break. So we're going to tell you how to maybe take a a sabbatical, stop and rejuvenate and reinvent yourself. And then in segment two, when it comes to bone health, 70% of our Bone density is due to heredity, but we don't have to fall prey to osteoporosis if you have a family history of the disease. So bone-protecting foods that will help um, boost your bones. Yeah, I like that. Boost your bones. That will be in segment two. And in segment three, are we rich? (laughs) When is the right time to talk to your kids about money or wealth management? Because we want our kids to grow up to be responsible adults who become successful without being entitled. And talking about money can be so challenging, but there is a good way to start and we could ease the pain that may result later if we start way too late. The Miracle Moment for today, brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. The Pear and Wine Festival is coming up on September 24th. The Be The Star You Are booth is generously sponsored by MB Jesse Painting. That's mbjesse.com. And La Mirinda Weekly newspaper, lamarindaweekly.com. And we thank you so much for that. You can find out more information at be the star you are.org. Go to events. And this is from Will Rogers. Too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. And I thought that was such a great quote, especially when we're going to talk about wealth coming up in our third segment. But are you feeling burnt out? You know, employers are tired, employees are tired, people are feeling like they have just done too much, they're desperate to find, you know, what we call that uh, elusive work-life balance, and everybody talks about it. So is a vacation the answer, or maybe it's a prolonged vacation? 
Do you even know what burnout is? It is. It's really become an epidemic, and it was an ep, You know, it was approaching epidemic proportions before the pandemic, but then it it really, really surfaced. It's, you know, it's very ugly head. Burnout is described by the World Health Organization as a syndrome that results from chronic workplace stress that has been unsuccessfully managed, and it was already a problem, as I said, before COVID hit. But um, And in 2015, there was a study that was released by Stanford Graduate School of Business Researchers, and they found that workplace stress in the United States accounts for 120,000 deaths per year and is responsible for approximately 5% to 8% of annual health care costs. Wow. So then the pandemic which brought school closures, layoffs, salary reductions, remote work, all those things that we're all familiar with, it made the problems just exponentially worse. In 2021, there was a survey by Indeed, and they found that 52% of respondents were experiencing burnout compared with 43% pre-COVID. And the largest in workplace-related stress was experienced by Gen X and Gen Z people. And I found that very interesting. The younger the younger the worker, the more stressed out they were. And it isn't really a surprise, I suppose, um, given that 47.8 million people quit their jobs in 2021, as, as you've heard it called the Great Resignation, 47.8 million people. And it was for a variety of reasons, right? I mean, a lot of it was safety. Others were, they had to, you know, their work wasn't there anymore. Otherwise, for childcare, uh, some people were moving. There were just so many different reasons. But Admitting that you are burned out can feel like you are abandoning that American dream because you have feelings of fear, inadequacy, and these are all direct impacts of the society that we live in. And for many of us, from the time we're little kids, we're told, you know, implicitly and explicitly that our worth is correlated to our productivity and our achievement and that rest and taking time off will undermine success. And of course, we know that and studies show that that is not true, that we really need rest and relaxation more than anything. And I think every person probably listening to this has been a, a volunteer, I'll call it, to this crazy, crazy thought that you know the harder, the harder you work, the longer you work, the more successful you'll be. And that's not always the case. So not taking time off when you know you're burned out, though, leads people to experience long-term damage. And that can be um, depression, anxiety, insomnia. You can even have physical pain. And it also increases conflicts in relationships. So if you've ever uh, been around somebody who's very stressed at work, they usually bring that stress level home. It's pretty hard to check it at the door. Now, the sabbatical cure... Uh, What is a sabbatical, first of all? It is generally described as a break from work. And um, the first sabbatical was established by Harvard University in 1880. And historically, it was to um, allow researchers or um, professors to travel, write, research, 
um, things that would uh, bolster their future career in academia. But increasingly, sabbaticals, which can either be paid or unpaid, depending on whether you stay employed or whether your company offers that benefit, they are spent recovering from the stress and unrelenting demands of modern work. So there's a growing body of evidence that is supporting the idea that taking time off can not only just help us become more mentally and physically balanced, but just that time off alone can help us be more successful at our workplace and in our career. So sabbaticals can have a long-term benefit for employers as well as for employees that take them. In uh, 2010, there was a study that found that professors who took time off as opposed to their peers who did not reported much higher levels of well-being and efficacy And there was a more recent study by the sabbatical project, and this was aiming to normalize the extended time off period. They found that taking sabbaticals actually changed people's identities and allowed them to return to work with a refreshed energy, with more ideas, and increased loyalty to their employers. So that is a, a pretty astounding thing. Now, paid sabbaticals are obviously an amazing employee benefit, and um, it it, it can be such a smart way for companies to attract talent if you're a big enough company and you can, can afford to pay for a sabbatical. But each company has to weigh the pros and the cons. But given the choice between losing an employee and just on average, From what statistics show, it takes about $4,000 on average to train a new employee. Or you could allow one to take some significant time off. And many companies are choosing to let people take time off. uh, As of 2017, 12% of companies surveyed by the Society for Human Resource Management did offer unpaid sabbatical leave. And there was another 5% of companies that actually had a paid sabbatical program. And even more recently, companies including Synchrony and PricewaterhouseCoopers, they began offering sabbaticals with partial pay. So, for example, they would let employees take anything maybe from one to six months off, and they would get 20% of their pay, but they would still get full benefits. And now that was in 2020. So what would be the best way to spend your time if you are in that position that you can take a sabbatical or you can get time off? Well, there's no pat answer because there's no prescription for how a sabbatical should be spent. I mean, for some people, it probably means just merely resting. And at least if it's a short sabbatical or a short vacation, that's probably what you want to do more than anything. But if you have a little bit longer one and once you're mentally and physically recharged, then you can start thinking about what other needs you might have. I mean, do you want a little more adventure so that you can feel, you know, active and alive? Do you need to go into psychotherapy to address the issues that contributed to your burnout? Or do you want to play, just have fun? You want to feel lighter and less burdened in your adult life. And then for other people, taking time off might just mean traveling. And 
There are lots of budget-friendly options that you can do. There are even there are even websites well that will allow users to trade daily work for lodging and food. So there's a lot of things. So you could do house sitting or pet sitting, or again, you could just go and do your research or just go on a holiday. Now, how do you ask for what you need? The right time to take a sabbatical is when you need it, but it's also when you want it. So a sabbatical doesn't have to be a response to a problem. And when it's viable, it actually could be a proactive investment in yourself. Now, if your company does not have a sabbatical program built into your benefits, you could talk to your manager and um, and hopefully you have a good relationship with that person and explore the possibilities. But when you go to that meeting, you want to be armed with a cost benefit analysis, like how much more productive you could be if you had more energy and as well as ideas for who's going to handle your work while you're gone. Because uh, no boss just wants to lose an employee and say, oh, come back when you want. And then they have to train somebody in the meantime. Now, it's very important if you are going to talk with your manager to be honest and transparent, and it could be your human resources representative too. They can all be very helpful and they could be a gateway for you. And then as far as when is the right time to return to work, well, there really isn't a right way or a right time. You might return to the same position that you left at the same salary and realize that nothing has changed except for your perspective. You may not return to your same profession because maybe while you were on sabbatical, you realized that you you have a change of heart. You don't want to work there anymore or this is the kind of life that you want. You want to have more freedom or Maybe if you just are traveling for a while, you're going to start getting bored and realize that you, you know, miss that intellectual stimulation of work and other people. And you might accept a job from someone that you worked for before, or maybe you will meet somebody. So the opportunities are endless. But the bottom line is to think about the work balance in your life. And to realize that when you're feeling burned out, it's time to take a step back and break out. And according to a study by the American Psychological Association, taking time off helps reduce stress because you are removing yourself from environments and tasks that you associate with anxiety. And when we come back from break, we will talk about some bone protecting foods and maybe even some foods that can boost our, our, our skin so that we look younger and healthier. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We are coming to you on the Voice American Network, and we will be right back. Please stay with us. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are. 
99 gifts and be the star you are for teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com You can express yourself. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryant. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called- Well, we all want to be strong and we all want to protect our bones. And no matter how old we are, I think we, most people, I know I am one of these, I always feel so much younger than what the number shows, you know, on your birth date. And it's always funny when people ask me, you know, how old my kids are. I always want to give a number that's, you know, like eight and 12. (laughs) And of course, they are adults. So that is, it's, uh, that makes it crazy. But that gets me to how we have to protect our bones because 70% of our bone density is due to hereditary. And at, we are at greater risk for osteoporosis, whether you're a man or a woman, if you have a family history of the disease. However, it doesn't mean we can't help shape the health of our bones because we can build our bone density even as we age. Now, the way that it goes is we are actively building our bones until our mid-20s. And then we start to lose bone mass. I mean, and it seems strange. It's, it's 20 just seems so young to me, but there you go. We start losing our bone mass in our 20s. One in two women and one in four men age 50 or older, will break a bone due to osteoporosis. So obviously it's 50% of women, 25% of men, but that's a really high percentages. And until that person either breaks a wrist or a hip or a vertebrae in the spine, 
chances are they have no idea that they have osteoporosis unless they have had bone density tests. Now, in women, the risk of bone loss temporarily speeds up for about five years post-menopause. And while it's best to develop bone-healthy habits in childhood, anyone can take action at any age to improve your bone health and your muscle health, even if your genes may be working against you. Now, you heard that I said muscle and bone. And you might be wondering, well, why do we have to have muscle? Why is that so important? Because if you can maintain your muscle health as you age, it's going to make it more likely that if you do fall, you'll be able to stop yourself and then you'll be able to prevent a fracture, even if you lose your balance. And that is really important because especially, I know you've probably heard of people as they age, you know, they'll fall, they'll fracture a hip and then from there it's all downhill. So it's really, um, it's a, it's a very important thing that we take care of our bones. So what do we need to do? First of all, we know that calcium is important for strong bones. And um, a lot of people are concerned that calcium supplements increase the risk of cardiovascular disease. So again, always talk to your doctor before you take any kind of supplement. I am not a person who likes to take supplements. I like to get everything from my food as much as possible unless a, a doctor says, okay, you're lacking in something. So make sure to talk to your doctor about that uh, because there has been rigorous reviews and there are studies that show that calcium intake from food and supplements that doesn't exceed 2,000 to 2,500 milligrams per day is considered safe from cardiovascular standpoint. But I mean, how, how do you measure? I mean, I don't know how to measure the milligrams in my food. I think, guess you could only if you're taking a supplement. I just try to eat healthy. Now, uh, if you are supplementing calcium, you really have to be very smart about it. So women under age 50, they need 1,000 milligrams of calcium per day, and women 50 and older need 1,200. Men who are around 70 and younger need 1,000 per day, but once you go above 70 as a man, you're going to need that 1,200 just like the women. And all the doctors confer that and concur that obtaining calcium from food sources is preferred to any supplement. But again, if your doctor tells you that you could make up the shortfall by taking a supplement, find out what supplement exactly they want you to take and then do that. Now, Calcium-rich foods go beyond the dairy products that we know of. You know, you don't just have to have milk and yogurt and cheeses and cottage cheese and all of that. Also, calcium is in uh, sardines and salmon that still has the bone, tofu that is made with calcium, tempeh, um, calcium-fortified soy milk, and even dark leafy vegetables, including collard greens, broccoli rabi, turnip greens, and kale. Those are probably the best. So think of when you see really dark 
green vegetables, leafy green vegetables, they are very high uh, in calcium, and that's calcium rich. And it's fascinating to me always when we hear sardines and salmon, because we know that they are omega-3 enriched foods as well. So we should definitely have those in our diet because they have the calcium and the omega-3s. Now, um, there are a couple things that contain oxalic acid, which makes calcium unavailable to us, and that would be spinach and beet greens. Now, spinach and beet greens are good for you, and cooking would greatly reduce that oxalic acid. Um, And eating a food with oxalic acid, it does not affect the absorption of calcium from other foods you are eating during the same meal. But those two leafy greens with spinach and beets you're not going to get your full amount of calcium. So another food, now this was a surprising one to me. I really didn't know it till I started researching it. This is a food that will block calcium absorption and it's wheat bran. So if you have any wheat bran cereal in the morning with milk, for example, you will absorb only some of the milk's calcium. So it's very important to do a bit of research on your own to find out what is going to be um, what is going to be calcium rich for you. Important to load up on produce. A diet rich in fruits and vegetables creates an environment in the body that prevents bone and muscle breakdown. So antioxidants and other nutrients like potassium produce and help prevent calcium loss. So. Um, Uh, Produce and plant foods include more nutrients than, you know, than you're going to get from supplements, and they are good for bone health, and those also have magnesium and vitamins K and C. We also have to stock up on vitamin D. Now, I never think that I could be low in vitamin D because being the gardener that I am and wearing, you know, shorts and a T-shirt or sometimes just a bathing suit top, whatever, when I'm out in the garden, I feel like I'm getting plenty of sun and being in California. And vitamin D is essential for absorbing calcium and it also builds muscle. So when exposed to the sun, your skin actually produces the vitamin D, but The problem is is that most of us protect our skin from the sun. And I mean, I also put on sunscreen, and sunscreen is actually protecting you from the sun. So you do need food sources that are going to have vitamin D. And a few of those, we're coming back to some of the things that we've already talked about, will include any fatty fish and fortified foods like milk and soy milk. Mushrooms have a variable amount of vitamin D. And we need to take about 800 to 1,000 IUs of supplemental vitamin D with food um, as a recommendation for osteoporosis, osteoporosis prevention if you're not getting enough vitamin D through your diet. And again, you want to talk to your doctor. Never just take the word of somebody that is telling you this information because every single person's body is different and our chemistry is different. Now, if you live in northern states where vitamin D production from sunshine exposure is limited, you probably will have to take some kind of supplement. So again, speak with your physician. Now, what about protein? Now, we don't need excessive protein, but we need just enough. 
because protein is good for muscle and for bone. And a simple way to figure out how much protein you need every day is to divide your weight in half and then use that as a goal in grams. Now, I don't weigh my food, so I, I really don't know how many grams of protein I'm getting every day. I just feel it's enough because I have plenty of energy. But if you are a person that weighs your food, then you want half. So let's just say we'll make it easy. Let's say you weigh 150 pounds. Then you would need 75 grams of protein per day. You know, if you weigh 180 pounds, you'll need 90 grams. If you weigh 120, you're going to need 60 grams. Now, uh, something that is really bad for the body that we've talked about before on the radio is any, any kind of inflammation. There again, here come those omega-3s, those fatty acids that we can get from our, um, our salmon, our sardines, and we could also get, um, get things from walnuts and flaxseed. We have to reduce inflammation in the body because that accelerates bone loss. And, you know, we don't really know when we have inflammation, but usually if you have pain somewhere, it means it's inflamed. Another thing very important is to stay active, get active, get up and go. Weight-bearing exercise, walking, running, strength training, biking, all of that will stimulate bone-building activity. And it's going to build and maintain your muscles. So exercises that help improve balance can also help avoid falls. I know that um, after I had injured my back, I was told to do these balancing exercises to make sure that I could get my balance, you know, back to where it was. And it was when you're brushing your teeth, Stand up straight and stand on one foot and brush your teeth and make see if you can stand there, brush your teeth without falling over and then alternate and do the other foot. So it is a really good exercise and it does help improve your balance. So if you think you might be having any balance issues, that's uh, that's a simple exercise to do. I just call it my brushing my teeth exercise. And of course, we have to avoid all those bad-to-the-bone behaviors. And those would include smoking, excessive intake of alcohol, calcium, I mean, uh, caffeine, not calcium. We need calcium. Uh, We don't want to drink too much coffee, too much alcohol, or get too much sodium. All of those can increase calcium loss. And then another bad thing for your bone density... It's something that we call that yo-yo dieting, you know, where you're, you lose 10 pounds and then you gain 20 pounds and then you lose 15 pounds and then you gain five pounds. And so I have always hated the word diet because it has the word die in it. So dieting is not something I do ever, ever, ever. It's just something that what I believe is that if you can eat a healthy, balanced meal, and especially if you can grow your own, even if it's a few herbs, a few chives, a few basil leaves, whatever you can grow of your own and add it, but just really fill 
fill that plate with um, a rainbow of colors, you know. So you want all different colors. You want the purples and eggplants, the oranges from carrots, the dark green leafy vegetables of kale. You want tomatoes, the red. So you want that as much color as you can. And you can always eat as many vegetables as you possibly can eat. And that's going to be good for you. Now, uh, I said that if we had a little time, and we do have a little bit of time before I have to take a break, so let's talk about how you could eat your way to having more beautiful skin and maybe younger looking skin and maybe less wrinkly skin. So there are some foods that could help reduce the signs of skin aging because we've always heard, you know, you are what you eat, and if we're talking about complexion, the path to youthful looking skin is probably through your stomach. So scientists have uncovered a number of nutrients found in certain foods that can help lessen the signs of aging, including wrinkles and dryness. Now, everybody's going to get older and everybody's going to get wrinkles. Unless you're going to fill yourself with Botox and facelifts, um, it's probably better just to embrace some of these natural remedies. The first one, I just love it. And in fact, uh, during the break, I'm going to eat a little star, one of these. Um, (laughs) we call it embracing your Willy Wonka and it's really good news for your complexion. And that is cocoa, at least a 70% uh, dark chocolate or uh, cacao ribs and natural non-alkalized cocoa powder can all help facial wrinkles in elasticity because they're flavanols and they're powerful antioxidants and they protect your skin against the damaging effects of environmental stressors like the UV, UV rays. And so you can eat some dark chocolate and it'll reduce those signs of photo aging, you know, the dark spots and of course the wrinkles. These I really love too. I love sweet potatoes. And if you like spending time outdoors like I do, We have to really eat plenty of beta-carotene-rich foods like sweet potatoes, carrots, dark leafy greens, kale, collards, you know, all of that, as I was saying earlier, cantaloupe, papaya, because this nutrient has been shown to confer natural production and protection against sunburn, which in turn will lower the signs of photoaging as well as skin cancer risk. And... uh, it also, it also will protect you against adult acne if you are so prone. And there was a study in the Journal of American Academy of Dermatology that found that fruits and vegetables are a really good um, protection against getting acne. Now, flax, ground flaxseed is also a great, um, a, a, a great thing to consume to reduce skin reddening if you get red skin, and also to improve the hydration of your skin. It also will help against dryness. And uh, back to those omega-3 fats, that really can help your skin retain moisture. Those powerhouses, you know, the hemp seeds, the chia, the walnuts, the fatty fish of salmon and sardines and mackerel. I'm telling you, I think the salmon, sardines, mackerel, And any of these omega-3 fruits or vegetables, they are kind of miracle workers. So make sure you get enough of those every week and, if if possible, get some every day. Now, papaya, I mentioned it for just a second, 
It is um, also just a fantastic, fantastic fruit that is for your skin. Um, in Mexico, well, the ancient Mayans actually, they ate the fruit and they also used it to heal skin problems. And they called the papaya tree the tree of life. It is supposedly cured digestive problems in the crew of Christopher Columbus. And there are such a long list of folk medicines and cures that have papaya to its name. But it is such a delicious, delicious fruit. It is ripe with vitamins and minerals and a lot of health-protecting plant uh, compounds. So think about adding um, papaya to your diet whenever you can because it has, um, it has eye-protecting vitamin A. It has an antioxidant of vitamin C. And just one cup a day will provide you with all this, uh, these powerful phytochemicals of beta carotene and, and um, lycopene, which that's what the, the color, you know, that orange color is. So antioxidant-rich papaya could help improve aging skin. And that's according to many different scientists and reports. There's also a fermented papaya preparation that improves skin antioxidant capacity and signs of aging, including skin moisture, brown spots, and elasticity, more effectively than antioxidant cocktails that were containing um, vitamin C and E and selenium. So the potential for papaya, it's, it's constantly being studied in the lab and in animal studies, but it is, um, it is something really, a really good one. And it also is helping to control blood glucose in type 2 diabetes, and it can help fight inflammation and oxidation, and that could protect against cancers. So um, this time of the year, right now, it's kind of a peak season for papaya. They are available year-round. Hawaiian papayas are ripe when they're mostly yellow. Mexican varieties are actually a green-yellow. They have a shade of orange. And they usually, you know that they're ripe um, when they give a little just a gentle pressure. But you don't want to get bruised ones um, and you don't want wrinkled areas. You can refrigerate the fruit for up to three days. You can peel them, scoop out the seeds, and then you could actually fill that hollow with um, fresh yogurt or frozen yogurt. You could put nuts or granola on it. That'd be a great breakfast. Could even be a great dessert. Um, I just like to drizzle lime juice on it. I also cut them up into salads. Um, and something I haven't tried, but it sounds like I'm sure it'd be delicious, is that you can bake them, boil them, or stuff them and use them as a vegetable. So think about using that, and that could be really wonderful for your skin. Well, when we come back from break, it is Money Matters. Don't go away. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are, and we will be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. We have hectic lives of go, 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 and go some more. We need to remind ourselves to take care of ourselves. Self-care is not only beneficial to you, but to those who depend on you. It improves moods 
brain performance and provides renewed energy to continued tasks. Give yourself permission to pamper yourself and indulge things that nourish you. This could be meditating, running, getting a massage, going on a vacation, or just find 20 minutes per day just for you. Read, take a bath, dance, exercise, have a glass of wine or a cup of tea. Do whatever you feel we regenerate and feed your body, mind, and soul. And most of all, breathe. (laughs) Recharge yourself. You'll be happier, healthier, and probably wiser. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite for Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of Well, this part really is a power party. Now, when I was young, I never really thought about whether we were rich or poor. I just didn't think about it. It turns out we didn't have any money, but I didn't know it because we had everything that we needed. You know, we grew our own food. We had a lot of trees to climb. We had a lot of love all around us, plenty of cousins, and we had a roof over our head. We had a couple of changes of clothes. And I mean, it seemed like things were great. But these days, people, a lot of kids have a different idea and they'll say to their mom or their dad, are we rich? And you don't know how to answer that question. Everyone is curious and people are notorious for blurting out anything on their minds. So you want your kids to understand the privileges and the responsibilities of wealth. And you want them also to understand that it is a topic that really needs to be discussed. But It's not always easy to have that conversation. And it's not just because of the taboos surrounding the money discussions. But we want our kids to be successful in life without being entitled. And you want them to be kind to their peers and kind to people, no matter where they're from. So, you know, I think that was one of the pluses. Um, We were taught growing up on the farm that, We were just as good as everybody else, and everybody else was as good as us. So it it didn't matter. I grew up being able to talk to, 
anybody. So it didn't matter if they were rich or poor or famous or not famous. And that has helped me throughout my life because I didn't have any reservation about getting along with people. So you do want kids to know what's going on, but also to be discreet and to understand what, you know, about money so that they will be responsible later on. So how do you talk about money? Um, it's understandable if money conserva—not con- conservations, money conversations uh, we're not at the top of your mind, you know, when you were young or if you have young children, when your kids are really that little. I mean, watching your kids grow up, it really requires letting go. But you're the, as a parent, you're usually always your child's first role model. And so adults fear giving out too much information when it comes to wealth. They don't want their heirs to feel entitled. They also worry that heirs may not know how to manage any significant assets. But the good news is whether you have a lot or a little, you can guide them. You can help them understand how to keep wealth, how to manage it. And, of course, how to make more of it. And that is the point of sharing the information to give those on the receiving end the best chance, the very best chance of making the most of what could have been your successes and your failures. So there are um, different meaningful conversations about family wealth to have with those you love. You should have it with your children, parents, spouses, in-laws. If all goes well, you'll still have time to have conversations um, with intention and purpose and hopefully avoid potential pitfalls. So what are the first questions is always, how much do you make? You know, the kid will say, how much is our house worth? How much did we pay for the car? Because kids are curious. And they are very notorious for saying the darnest things when uh, they're least, <laughs> you're least expecting. You know, Art Linkletter wrote that wonderful book um, about kids say the darnest things. And I always, I always loved it. But you don't have to shy away from sharing. You can share how your family's wealth came to be. It might be a story of hard work over time. It could be you had some sudden luck. You maybe had a legacy or maybe it was something else entirely. But it's easy enough to talk about your values around money and the privileges that it can offer, like living in a home. And if you're not ready to disclose any exact dollar amounts, it's okay. You don't have to do it. So when's the best time to start talking to your kids? In their formative years, in an age-appropriate way. Maybe you want to talk about how the grandparents um, came, either came to America or started their first business, or the risks they took, you know, what they overcame. Um, if you chose to go to college, you might tell them why you decided and, you know, what value it added to your life. Or if you chose to do an apprenticeship instead and maybe uh, follow in somebody else's footsteps, let them know how that went. And the point of these conversations is to demonstrate the values your family holds dear. You're showing how the hard work, the luck, the ingenuity that created the opportunity for one generation could do so for the next. And along the way, we have to model the basics too, like budgeting and saving and being generous, giving to charities, sharing, being fair. 
So another thing is we want to talk about how if they invest, how compound interest will really help them. When your children are little, you can talk about sharing, saving, and giving in simple terms. When they become teens, you can talk about debt and credit. And as they get older, you'll want to talk about the important uh, importance of investing. Now, um, if you have a financial advisor, they will tell you that credit is a tool to leverage as long as it's wielded strategically and with precision. And it can help you capitalize on a business or investment opportunity. And it can also lead your teen down a path of debt if you don't talk to them about it first. So you really want to talk to them before they graduate from high school and before they go away to college or they start working on a job. Usually you should have a lot of these conversations between their sophomore and senior year because they need this information in their back pocket before they're inundated with all those credit card offers. I know so many kids that got into debt because they thought they, you know, they didn't really realize that they had to pay back the credit card. They thought they could pay that $25 a month and didn't realize that that compound interest was going to literally bankrupt them. So you want to explicitly outline how much financial support you might be willing to give your kids as well. If you are planning to give anything at all, are you going to buy them a car or pay for their insurance or pay for college or maybe help with grad school? At what age do you expect them to be financially independent and how can you teach them and help them to get there? In our family, we were expected and I was, we had to be financially independent by age 18. You moved out, you were on your own and that was it. And um, all of us, all of us made it. I mean, I had raised chickens since the time I was eight and sold the eggs and was building my, pun, my nest egg (laughs) with my chicken egg, um, my chicken egg money. But it was, I did keep saving and keep working so that I could pay for college and and, um, not just tuition, but housing and books and travel and food and insurance and everything. So most kids today don't have to go that route, but um, it's really good to help them to be as independent as they possibly can. Now, wealthy families might set aside money for a down payment on a home, or they might even give seed money for a new business. And if you're able and willing to do so, you want to communicate that and be specific about any conditions you have on those funds. Because parents may subconsciously use financial support as a means of controlling their offspring. And that could be a big hindrance to their future financial independence. And nobody wants to watch their kids struggle, especially if you have the means to help them. But we do have to set boundaries because that offers a limited safety net. And it'll help build self-confidence and imbue the lives of your kids with a sense of ambition and purpose. So we still would offer emotional support, but um, really establish reasonable limits on financial support. It's usually the smart move so that kids can learn to be their own success story. 
And remember that an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. And that was something that Ben Franklin said. So, you know, don't make the mistakes. Talk to your kids because money does matter. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you for being with me here on the Voice America Network. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We come to you live every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, on the um, Voice America Empowerment Channel. And we really love being here. For more information about Star Style, please visit CynthiaBryan.com. And to make a donation or get involved with the charity Be the Star You Are, visit BeTheStarYouAre.com. And I want to remind you that my newest picture book, No Barnyard Bullies, is being released soon. And you can get discounted copies now at CynthiaBryan.com. Just click on Star Style Store and check out our upcoming NFTs while you are there. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. See beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. And buy one of my books because when you have a book, it's like a garden in your pocket. CynthiaBryan.com. Go to the Star Style store and the money benefits. Be the star you are charity. Until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. And love, create, dream, and be here next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You.